All right. All right, everybody. We're back for episode three of the Indian Diaspora podcast. Uh, today, we have Vishwas back. He was out last week, and we have an exciting topic lined up for, for the conversation ahead. I uh, want to just thank everybody who has been listening to our episodes. Uh, love all the feedback. We're all new to this. We're figuring out how to uh, set up episodes with enough content in a sort of slot of time that works for everybody. So we're trying to keep this in the 30 to 45 minute range. And hopefully things will get tighter as we go forward. But thank you for all the love and feedback. Um, we are doing some host spotlights in the first few episodes. And today it's, uh, uh, I guess today is Shashi's turn. So I'm going to hand it over to Shashi to tell us a little bit about his background. So all of you can get to know him a little better. Go ahead, Shashi. Well, thank you, Vijay. And uh, good to be back here for episode three. <clears throat> so like all of you, Vijay, um, you know, it's been 29 years since we graduated. My first two years were spent working in India, uh, working actually for a small company in Delhi, but doing some really interesting work that eventually resulted in Hyderabad turning into the high-tech city that it is today. And that's something we should talk about at some other point because that's a topic in itself. <clears throat> but then I spent four years at Harvard <clears throat> getting a master's um, and an unfinished PhD and then teaching at Harvard in public policy. Uh, and in 1999, um, I moved to London to start working for McKinsey, a consultancy, uh, but for 20 years now, I've been working in the transport arena. So Transport for London is the integrated transport organization that uh, runs pretty much all the transport in London. And I've been with this organization now for 20 years, doing all kinds of uh, really fascinating stuff, you know, from, um, you know, building major projects, uh, major railway lines, all the way to, you know, our payment systems and doing some really innovative work on um, the open loop contactless payments that have now become really the mainstay of micropayments around the world. So you know, that itself has been, is a topic, you know, we should probably pick up at some other point. But, um, you know, just reflecting back on my 29 years, I mean, I can only say that I've had a fascinating time doing all kinds of really interesting work. Um, I sometimes say that it's been an enchanted career. But interestingly, my degree was in agricultural engineering. And, you know, I have uh, veered far off from that. I've never actually worked as an agricultural engineer. If, if the only thing I can say to be true to my training is that I'm a very keen gardener um, and um, at least that's my homage to um, my degree. Uh, and I think this is in line with what we talked about last week about uh, college degrees and careers. Uh, but give us a little bit of also insight into uh, where you came from your childhood. Uh, and by the way, we all of us know you as, as the encyclopedia and history buff. So maybe a little bit of just give us a little insight uh, before IIT. Well, so um, I grew up in Ranchi. Um, you know, my family has been in Ranchi since the 1940s. <clears throat> and um, we've had a long tradition in our family of having engineers. Um, my grandfather was an engineer and he left the village in the 1920s, came to Patna to study engineering. Um, he was a civil engineer, worked as a civil engineer all his life. Interestingly, he moved to Ranchi in um, the sort of mid-1940s to deal with a cholera epidemic. And so he worked in public health engineering um, and he's went around digging wells all around, you know, what is now Jharkhand, trying to solve the problem of cholera uh, in, the, in the state. Uh, my father and many of his brothers were also engineers. So again, you know, a huge tradition of engineering continuing in our family. Um, and my father had this huge ambition that, you know, I have three other siblings, an older sister, an older brother and a younger brother. And my father had this ambition that all of us should be engineers. Um, and we were kind of gently sort of nudged towards that direction. 
Um, and my sister ended up going to IIT Kharagpur. Um, you know, she's much older than I am, um, but she set the pace. And I have to say that you know our childhood was spent in peer pressure. Um, you know, trying to emulate what she had done. Um, but you know, we are a family where all four siblings ended up in IIT Kharagpur. Two of them got married to um, others from IIT Kharagpur, and we have a cousin from IIT Kharagpur as well. So you know, there are seven of us from IIT Kharagpur. We you know which may or may not be a record. It probably is. Um, but we have had a long association with IIT and a long association with engineering. Huge uh, kind of pride in the fact that there are educated people and all that. But fundamentally, you know, a family that, um, like like many of us, Vijay, you know, a family that aspired to better our lives by education, and that's kind of what we've been doing. My interest in history, by the way, is a uh, is is not something that I picked up in childhood. In fact, I wasn't very good in, in history in childhood. But over the years, you know, I've picked up a huge amount of interest in history, and I, um, you know, as a hobby, I'm a tour guide at the British Museum, um, and you know, I can take you through quite a bit of the museum if you're here. Yeah, very cool, Shashi, and I, I think uh, uh, you keep us educated on our WhatsApp group all the time, and it's something that you have sort of uh, you're very, very interested in, and you're very deep. All right, that was fascinating and fantastic. Let's get going. So today's topic is going to be introduced by Neeraj. We're going to talk about uh, kids and generations. So Neeraj, you want to you want to set this up for us? Sorry, I actually by mistake started the mute rather than unmute. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Now I'm saying yeah. So you know, last week we talked about college and kids. To me, you know, that has been a a ma- major question, but. Uh, I've been just thinking about, you know, how do you help kids navigate through tough decisions, whether they're small or whether they're big? And and it's just about life in general. When we were kids, we pretty much did what our parents or our teachers told us. They would tell us, oh, you're good at uh, cricket, go play cricket. Or you're good at uh, math, just go, why don't you become a, you know, an engineer? So we pretty much followed what they did. And I'm I'm not talking about career. I'm just talking what to do on a daily life, what to, where to hang out, what, what not to do even. So as time have changed, places have changed, I just, want, I just wonder how are we handling these things with our kids? Like information is now readily available with just a few clicks on a computer or iPhone or, or any smartphone. So I'm like, that, that's my major uh, topic these days when I'm discussing with, you know, with my daughter, my son and even my mom is here and sometimes just seeing how my kids interact with her. So I just wanted to open up this discussion. Um, I think I want to start with Vishwas because he is the one who's lived outside India and gone back to India and raising kids that have been exposed to both sides of the world. Yeah, so I think uh, uh, in the Indian context, uh, there is a double challenge that we face. So, like everyone else today, we we have two generations that are you know brought up in very different context uh, from an information perspective uh, and, and and technology perspective, and and then there is a cultural difference. So, you have uh, uh, the Indian culture and and the traditional upbringing which most of us have uh, been through. And then you have uh, uh, a culture, you know, the culture in in U.S. and in the West, and to a lot of extent uh, happening now in metropolitan cities in India as well, 
which is uh, more western and uh, uh, not as uh, uh, deferring to uh, to elders and to authority so uh, one thing that i have uh, uh, and and my my wife usually you know jokes that look you know uh, in in this context kids have become ruthlessly manipulative uh, when it comes to their parents but uh, uh, one thing that i have seen is that uh, uh there is always this tension between uh nurturing our kids and and allowing them space to be independent and uh uh it's a sort of a sliding scale i mean pretty much all parents would be doing that from uh, uh you nurture more and you try and give more independence and and space to grow later on uh and this is something that we have struggled with uh, uh, given the the two challenges that i was talking about on along the sides of culture and information and technology uh, one thing that uh, uh, has uh, you know sort of worked for us and one thing that i can probably talk a little bit more about is that uh, uh, like like uh, i think perhaps all parents the guardrails we uh, have set for our kids and that sort of work was that uh, uh you know we 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 are ready to give space uh what we we uh you know defend the proverbial line on the sand when it comes to say health and safety and uh, given the indian cultural background also on some level of threshold uh respect for elders so that is that is you know how we have tried to uh balance what is happening now with the upbringing that we have had in the past and vishwas you are right and that's where my you know challenge has been that i grew up in a very tight environment and i don't mean it in a bad way but we are pretty much i had to stay in line uh, sorry about my dog in the background uh uh i pretty much had to stay in line the part of that was because i grew up in such a small town that everybody knew my father everybody knew my mother and if i actually crossed outside those lines the news would reach home before i would reach home right so there was that kind of fear also and kind of discipline in there so when i came to us and had you know started raising my family part of me was allowing our kids to choose their path whether it was choosing schools or career or friends they hang out with the sports they want to play with the kind of activities they want to do and so far they have been really good but a time comes when you wonder could i have done anything differently or could i do anything differently now and that's the one thing that has been uh, bugging me uh and talking to some some of you guys and our, uh, you know other friends and they are like our kids are actually smarter than us we may think they are not but they will figure it out we figured it out ourselves too right after we went to college we pretty much among ourselves discussed our path and where we are is not really driven by our parents it, it was just a push but we are here with because of our circle of influence outside our family mostly i mean that's true for me so uh Shashi, I know you have had a very eclectic uh, career. So I want to ask you, after coming to college, what guided you to be where you are? And I'm not just talking career-wise. I'm just talking 
you know, your hobbies, you're talking about history, you're talking about gardening. What brought you here? Well, Neeraj, you know, I think, um, like, I think like you were describing, you know, I grew up in a small town. Uh, everybody knew everybody. You, you know, there was no scope for anonymity. And therefore, the guardrails, if you might want to call it, were incredibly tied. And therefore, there was an expectation of the kind of behavior you had to have. <clears throat> a huge amount of comparison between you and others. You know, I think we've all had that school experience of teachers saying, um, you know, comparing you to other children and all that. You know, all of that was absolutely endemic in our upbringing. Our children have had it very different. You know, one is that I live in, very la- in a very large city. I live in the middle of London. You know, anonymity comes almost by guarantee um, to a city like this. <clears throat> but if I look at my own path, the fact that I was guided um, you know, by the family, uh, and by the way, I'm not complaining about it at all because it was actually very good guiding, but guided to get into engineering, guided to do well, get into IIT and all that, that was all fantastic in my, in, in my view. Um, the fact is that there were very few career choices open to us at that point. So the idea of going and exploring other things was not really feasible. It's not that I didn't have interest in other things. You know, even as a child, I had an interest in studying law, um, you know, I had an interest in, I mean, I was kind of making things with my own hands. You know, I was talking about electric vehicles back in the 1980s. And there was all kinds of stuff going on. The question is, we didn't have the environment that could nurture um, exploring all of these other alternatives. But as soon as I started working, um, you know, I mean, I went from with a degree in agriculture engineering, working for a tea company, then started to set up a mushroom plant. It was very clear very quickly that that didn't work, that didn't work out. And finding myself drawn to a project on real estate and infrastructure in Hyderabad, which eventually became the basis for uh, Hyderabad High Tech City. Now, completely accidental, right? I mean, was that planned? Absolutely not. I mean, that was the opportunity that got put in front of me. I took advantage of it um, and went with it. That gave me an interest to go and study uh, public policy. Now, you know, I did not know of anyone who had done that. I mean, honestly, I never heard of it until I'd researched it myself. The normal path that all of us, you know, from our, you know, our ilk would have followed is you either go off and do an MS in the US or you go and do uh, an MBA at IIM or whatever. You know, there were very set paths available to us. But I started exploring. And I have to say that, you know, my, at that point, my family was of the view that, well, you're grown up, you can do what you like. Um, and at every step, it's been a question of exploring and pursuing the path that's open to you. Now, admittedly, that came at a much later age than uh, what we are allowing our children to do now. But that's only because the context is different. We didn't have the information. We didn't have the support structure. We didn't have the money, to be honest, to go and explore many of these things. And that is different. So the fact that our children are being brought up differently and are experiencing something very different is not something that we should be surprised about. It is, in my view, it is a good thing. It's a context of um, you know where we live and what we do now, um, and we should take full advantage of that context. I, I and you know agree, and and I think part of that is uh, a struggle in me. How far do we go with that? You know, the Indianness comes and comes in us saying we should be controlling a lot of our kids' life. And part of that is living in America. So, uh, Vijay, you're also in the same boat as I am, um, you know, living in the U.S. Oh, how are you guiding your son? I know your son picked up rowing, which I've never heard of uh, an Indian kid ever do it. And I'm sure they are, but I've not heard of it. So uh, tell me, tell us about your experience uh, in, in terms of handling your kids' choices, desires, and freedom. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, I agree with a lot of 
what everybody said. And I think this is a, in the end, this is a journey. And I, I usually joke that uh, every one of us in our uh, approach to child rearing is basically stumbling through it <laughs> and hoping that it'll work out in the end. Uh, but, but, you know, there are a few things that we've learned and kept in mind. And uh, I've learned a lot also from my wife who, uh, you know, I think I tend to be a little bit more on the, okay, you know, this is the way things should be. So what, you know, why can't you get it kind of thing? And I think the thing I have learned over the years uh, is that you have to keep the lines of communication open uh, because if they close, then you are, you know, you, everything from that point on, you lose all control. Uh, and I'll, I'll illustrate it with a story. So when uh, my son first went to daycare when he was, I don't know, four years or five years old, four years old, I guess. Um, one of those days I went to pick him up and he was this little kid running around and uh, I was talking to him and then he went away to talk to somebody else. And it was amazing that he spoke with me in a way that sounds like what I'm speaking right now. Uh, I guess I'm an, brought up in India, came to the US, uh, have an accent similar to that. And then when he talked to this other kid or to one of the, I guess, the caretakers there, he completely switched into a different accent and a different way of talking. And it almost, at that point, I told my wife, is that kid living a double life at, at the age of four? And I think that sort of illustrated the importance of uh, making sure that you always have the communication between you. And, uh, you know, it's easy for us to say, uh, we have a lot of life experiences, um, you know, uh, we have wisdom, right? We've seen the world and things should be a certain way. But another way of say, another word for that would be dogma, right? And uh, my, and, you know, as my kids are growing older, especially my son, who's now uh, you know, going to be a senior, uh, they see life quite differently because of the experiences they have had. And those experiences have been very different. And I think what we sort of say is, okay, you know, we have to be open to listening. And, uh, you know, the idea of just deference for the sake of deference doesn't work. And it didn't work for us either at a certain stage in our life once we got past a certain age. Uh, but it's important to uh, have the values, right? So you can't be rude when you, when you talk to somebody, uh, you know, your age, but certainly people in my age and higher. Uh, but, uh, you know, what we can give in return is uh, we have to listen and then together come to a decision. And I've had to work on this because uh, clearly I have strong beliefs about certain things. But uh, every time I have uh, that kind of open conversation, my eyes open a little wider and I, I learn some new things which uh, make me think a little differently about life. So I guess that's, the, if I had to put it down all sort of in one sentence, it would be, you've got to keep the lines of communication open. And one of the things that we do in, family, in our family religiously is we always eat dinner together. So there is, you know, you may have, kids are busy, they have all sorts of stuff, but at dinner, no electronics, and we all sit around the table, we all do it all together, and we make sure we sit and talk and, and have dinner together. So that's the one ritual that we've had for many, many years. Anyway, I'll, I'll leave it at that and see where you want to take this. No, I, and actually, you know, uh, it's funny that yesterday I was having a conversation with my daughter, and one of the things I mentioned to her, and this is like the Indian in us, I know better. <laughs> that just came out. And after I realized, like, no, probably I don't. And so I let her explain her choice of, uh, you know, cheerleading or gymnastics school she wants to join. And I told her, 
you know, she can start with that and let's see how that goes. So, you know, it's very tempting and it's hard sometimes to resist to say, I know better, right? And it's part of being parent, part of being Indian too. And your dinner point is excellent. I've tried to instill that, but between me, you know, on, on meetings and my wife run, running around with sometimes with the, her clients, it's been very difficult for us to maintain that. And uh, hopefully we started doing this summer and see how that goes. But I think that is the good opportunity. That's the best time for family to come together and discuss things uh, about how the day went or what's coming up next. Uh, as I mentioned, pretty difficult for me for different reasons, but hopefully we'll, we'll do a little bit more of that. Uh, so coming back to Vishwas, Vishwas, now your son is headed outside the India. Are you prepared for that? Yeah, so... Uh... It's uh, not an easy thing. Uh, my uh, my elder son is in is in UK. My younger one is heading off to US for uh, studying physics and probably computer science as a as a second major. Uh, it's it's hitting my wife. It's not yet hit me. The the uh, the thing about uh, you know bringing it back to the upbringing thing. Uh, it's been. Uh, uh, an interesting uh, thought over here, especially when I was listening to Vijay when he was talking about keeping the lines of communications open. So, with with my second son, the younger one, we you know we we thought we had the uh, lines of communication open, but uh, uh, when he started uh, applying and 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 I just came across some of the you know the. The, he 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 sort of agreed to let me have a look at some of the essays he was writing. Uh, it it was it surprised me to see that look, uh, uh, he is doing so much uh, more than we thought he would he was and and he he was so he was keeping himself busy during the lockdown period. Uh, he started teaching a course in physics to people several years his senior. Uh, and 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 all of uh, all of these things came as a surprise, and uh, uh, also as a sort of a, a revelation that uh, you know we were probably not uh, having as much communication as we should have with each other. Even though we were living in a in a lockdown at that time, all of us under the same roof and together. And uh, yes, while while my uh, uh, while my younger son now goes out, I I. I'm wondering, you know, if we were not able to keep the lines of communication as open as I would have, I would have wanted while he was here, uh, we now need to work harder to, to keep them open when, when he's gone. So let me bring a, a little bit of a sensitive topic here. And all our kids are in that age. Dating. How are you guys handling that? And I, I won't go in the detail. I'm not asking for detail. Are you guys okay with that so far? How are you guiding your children in the concept of dating? And and uh, I, I, I grew up in a small town. Kharagpur did not expose me to that. Neither did actually U.S. for that matter. So how are you guys uh, dealing with uh, cultural issue for that matter? Yeah, I think, uh, Neeraj, the... Uh, you know, these are the kinds of things that uh, definitely put us in a spot where we have to uh, extrapolate outside our experience zone, right? <laughs> so I think this is one of those situations that you're mentioning. 
Uh, and it's like anything else. Uh, I think we made a choice to uh, come and live in the U.S. and our kids are growing up in the U.S. And, uh, you know, they're going to do what all the kids around them do. So I think the conversation around dating or for that matter, anything else. I mean, you know, we even have you know conversations about uh, what rating shows am I going to open up on Netflix for you, right? Because all my friends are watching this. Well, yeah, but do you really need <laughs> to? So I think it, it's, it's, a, it's a very, um, I'd say, objective conversation. Uh, we have had those conversations here, especially with my son. He's, as I said, going to be a senior. Mm-hmm. And we have never said no. So I think you asked also about crew, right? And just to give you an idea, my daughter does gymnastics. And that's another thing that, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. our... Uh, uh, Indian Asian parents don't want to send their kids to because it's, it's sort of dangerous, right? But they they got into these sports and, you know, I keep nudging regularly. Crew is not fundamentally dangerous, but gymnastics is. And I will regularly ask her, still enjoying it? You know, you could always do dance or you could do, uh, you know, diving. You know, you've got all those skills. And she's very clear, no, I'm loving it and I don't want to stop, right? So we kind of, in the same way, explore all the other topics. And I think as long as we treat it from the perspective of a a very logical conversation, I think it works out okay. And in the end, what I've realized is that when you let uh, your child open up, spend some time thinking about something and open up and talk to you, it actually works out pretty well. And that's where some of these conversations have landed in our house where uh, they they literally need to go away and process. And this is something my wife keeps reminding me, like you're, you're asking questions and you're expecting answers in three seconds. It doesn't work that way. Uh, they haven't really formulated all their thoughts on any of this. They're just kind of looking at things and doing things which seem to make sense because that's what's going on around them. But you can ask the questions that probe their imagination, but then they have to step away and, and process it and they'll come back. And they do indeed come back and talk. So, uh, yeah, we don't stay away from these topics. In fact, I'm sort of the designated joker in the house. Uh, I'm joking all the time, ribbing the kids all the time. But that actually gives me a, uh, I think, gives me a unique uh, skill because I am able to nudge into sometimes difficult or icky topics just through like a, a more of a jovial mood and slowly open up those spaces for conversation. So I guess, I guess, finally, what I'll say is like, yeah, nothing's off limits. And quite frankly. Uh, you have to let it flow and have the two-sided conversation and see where it goes. Uh, Nira, just to add to that, you know, I mean, I think two points that I'd like to make, you know, one is that um, if we go by our experiences of 30 years ago and expect that our children should be behaving in the same way, then that's not going to happen. And things like dating and all that is a norm, not just in the West. You know, we have to understand that that has become the norm in, uh, in India as well. So to an extent, you know, I think this is a task of us as parents growing up as well and recognizing that things have moved on and, uh, and you know, there are certain things that are part of the norm. And if our children are doing that, that's not unusual. And giving them a bit of space to, um, to behave like they're expected to behave by their peers and all that, I think, is also a part of this. I think the second part of this is that, um, you, you know, if you look at us at the age of you know, 15 or 20 or whatever, right, there were certain things that we expected to be, well, at least we wanted to do, whether we had the ability to do or not is a different thing, but we wanted to do. Um, and there's no reason to ex- expect that our children don't want to do those things. You know, go out and have fun, uh, go out and make friends, including um, go out and have um, dates and all that. 
So some of this is, um, you know, again, if you talk about guardrails, it's, it's about setting guardrails, but the guardrails are much wider. Um, and there is a much wider um, set of things that are accepted behavior. And as long as they're not doing uh, stupid things, like, you know, we told our son a long time ago that um, you could go and do anything you like with your friends, don't get drunk and don't do drugs. Um, and otherwise, you know, and stay safe. Otherwise, you can go and party around and do what you like. Um, and just tell us what you're doing. Um, and, you know, he's been very respectful. He's been um, very cautious about sticking to those guidelines. Um, but these are things that I don't think our parents would have told us ever. So things have changed. And I think our task as parents is to change with it. Yeah, I love it, Shashi. And I think uh, uh, it's also similar to something we're going, another thing we're going through right now, which is driving, right? So my son just started driving. And uh, we literally, you know, have to over time trust him to be able to take care of himself and drive safely and and uh, not get hurt, right? Uh, Shashi, your point, I, I really like what you said, is that, uh, you know, it's not just expecting growth and maturity from the kids. Uh, there's a two-sided conversation here where all of us are also growing as, as part of this experience and learning to deal with new situations that... Uh, will automatically present themselves as the world kind of moves on. Let, let me give you an example, Vijay, which, you know, which I think will be very interesting. You know, So, I mean, London is a very different kind of city. People don't usually drive here. And so my son, who's almost, he's 20 now, not interested in driving. In fact, we are forcing him to go and get driving lessons so that he can at least have a driving license. This is a public transport city. In fact, I've been very successful at promoting that. And pretty much um, you know, every youngster wants to be on public transport rather than drive. But the flip side of this, which is very interesting, is that, you know, there is, in the schooling system in the UK, at the age of 11, children move from primary school to secondary school. And at that point, children start traveling by themselves to school on public transport, you know, buses and the tube and all that. And, you know, when my son turned um, 11 and moved to secondary school, the, um, the headmaster in the school was doing this address to all the parents. And one of the things he said is that, I know you've been bringing your children to school every day. But if you think that's going to carry on in secondary school, I'm telling you it won't last more than two weeks because your sons will tell you that they don't want to see you around the school. But, you know, for a parent, it's a very big thing to let go at the age of 11 to say you can go to school on your own and you can you know, wander off on your own and all that. It's a very big thing. But that is the norm in the city. And it takes a bit of adjusting for parents to get to that point. But, you know, that is the norm and you go along with it. We've never had any concerns about our son doing this. You know, the system is very safe. You know, he's covered by CCTV everywhere. Uh, but that is the norm and he's been doing it very successfully. He, you know, he's been navigating around. During the Olympics, you know, 10 years ago, we had cousins over, you know, one of them was 10 years older than him. And our son was very happy guiding him around the city. So I think these are all, you know, these are different experiences from what we had as children. Um, in my view, they're good experiences. And, you know, we need, just need to chill out and relax and let them do these things. Because, you know, we didn't have the ability to do these things and they have. Why not make use of it? Yeah, I don't know. If, I think I don't know if we lost leverage, but I think uh, Vishwas, going back to you then, because, uh, you know, one of the things that I talk about is I call ourselves uh, the sandwich generation. Right. So we left India um, at a certain age um, and. Uh, with a certain background and a certain set of experiences. And then uh, we came here and then we were exposed some, to some new sets of experiences 
but we brought all our wisdom and sort of uh, our sensibilities based on how we were brought up. But then India changed a lot in the meantime while we were here. And when we go back with our kids, we see a different India. So uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about that from the perspective of your being there for this long, uh, mostly continuous, except for some time we spent uh, outside the country. How, how has that played into sort of how things uh, happen in your family, as well as with maybe relatives who visit from the West, etc.? Yeah, yeah, Vijay. So that is that is uh, that's right. We, uh, in in some ways, uh, so what has happened over here is that uh, uh, there are two worlds that are colliding I... here in India. You you still have, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, people who have been brought up as as uh, we have the traditional way, and 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 and. This is the country. There, you know, there are so many of 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 us who have been brought up like that, and there is uh, also a significant influence, cultural influence uh, of the West uh, coming in, especially in the younger generation. So, a, a lot of this is, uh, you know, basically these two worlds colliding, much more so perhaps uh, in in a place like India because you have a, uh, a significant amount of energy and, and, and a strong point of view that comes with this cultural diffusion from the west to east that, that gets into the, the young. And uh, I think what is happening is that uh, the way the the younger generation, especially in cities, in, in metropolitan cities like Delhi and, and Bombay and Bangalore, uh, I would say the, the, the youth are probably closer to, culturally, culturally closer to the, the, the young in the West rather than to uh, the more traditional upbringing, the, the way we were uh, when, when we were that age. And, and so this is something that is a, a, a very pervasive challenge over here, and people do talk about it. Yeah, and, and so it's not something that, uh, you know, you feel you're facing alone. Uh, you feel that, okay, I'm, you know, it's, it's not as though I'm, I'm in it by myself. My, my peers and my neighbors and, and my, my colleagues, they're all going through this. So this is, this is what is happening. And uh, and the situation, the context, and and uh, uh, you know a lot of what we applies, uh, what what we have been talking about does apply uh, over here to to the people around us. So Vishwas, I would say that actually this little bit of uh, shift is happening in the U.S. Also, we are noticing that just not non-Indian kids, there's been a little bit of push on them also to come a little bit towards the old values, right? So, and, and I, I don't know the reason. It could be driven by the current political environment or could be driven by current, you know, the people talk about crimes and all that. But that struggle I'm beginning to notice has started to show up among non-Indians too. And uh, for me, I've always been a small city guy. Uh, my daughter and son want to live in big city. And I'm okay with that because they have been uh, exposed to that. So, 
coming back to that dating question and or, or choosing their career and all that thing one of the things that uh, you know vijay you brought up netflix one day i was just joking with my daughter about uh, watching seinfeld and friends uh, back in our uh, you know prime time thursday whatever that they used to call it and my daughter goes like oh i have seen all the episodes i'm like you've seen all the episodes of friends and seinfeld she said yes i'm like but there were some topics that were off uh, not appropriate for kids and she goes like yeah i'm aware of them so what so so it's funny at the same time uh, you know that our kids are actually out of that influence of that you know i would not want to have them on as an indian parent but at the same time i was like when did that happen why did that not happen with me and uh, so i've been joking with them that there are some movies that i would watch with them and they are like no as much as we know this stuff <laughs> we don't want to watch it with you <laughs> so and then then i meet some other non indian kids and they're talking about no we can't watch that our parents will allow that we have to ask them and i'm like uh, this is completely opposite to what i'm used to so <laughs> vijay you were talking about that have you experienced something like that no so so neeraj we have the conversation about appropriate movies and shows and all that stuff in our house and i am probably between my, my wife and me i'm the one who's probably pushing a little harder on sort of letting the kids uh, get exposed to more but you know it's it's funny because uh, at whatever rate we are going on this they are going at their own rate in life and uh, you know i can i can i can assure you that if i were to sort of hear what my son talks with his friends uh, i'd i'd start blushing <laughs> and there's there's no real reason to blush because we were not exactly uh, angels when we were that age right of course we were i think i think we were much dumber than they are now uh we you know they are and they have become i think in terms of articulating their thoughts kids today are incredible compared to what at least i could do at that age but they are getting exposed to so many things outside the four walls of the house and in the end like what can we do what the the best thing we can do is make sure they they have you know we impart whatever values we can to them and as i said make sure that they can talk to us whenever they want to talk to us about anything so i think if as long as we know uh they're safe and they're doing things the right way i think they're going to find their path and it's just going to be an evolution for us i think vijay you know there is a point in our children's lives when something flips and something quite big flips you know the, there's the age when they're toddlers and they're asking why 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 on on all kinds of stuff and as a parent you feel very happy being able to answer all questions and there's a point where they flip over and they start asking questions to which you don't have the answer and that could be questions about life it could be questions about you know religion and faith and all that stuff and we can talk about that some other time uh or like this morning uh, my son came over to me and to ask me a question on calculus and i had to tell him that that's beyond my knowledge um you know okay i'm an engineer and i studied calculus but that's well beyond my knowledge and i think again that's a sign of uh, maturity on their part it's also a sign in our you know for us to say let go you know these guys are at a level of knowledge and skills that in many respects is beyond what you have and you know they can make their own life yeah shashi and and the flip side and this is something uh, my wife does all the time is um anytime you need help sos whatever they should feel comfortable picking up the phone and calling us right i mean if they can feel that 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 comfort of always knowing that you no know, no matter how bad i screwed up or whatever happened uh 
you know, I can speak with my parents or my siblings. Sometimes I've seen in some of our friend circle that the sibling relationship and uh, sharing is very, very strong. If they can feel that an unconditional sort of uh, uh, acceptance of whatever happened, I think then, then, then we're on a good path because everything else will just have to play out as it does. And, and I think I'll agree with the one thing that Shashi said, let go, right? And uh, it's been, uh, it, it had been difficult and uh, I'm, I'm learning with that. So part of me is where do I let go enough, you know, far enough that they, they don't make mistakes, they're on the right track. Uh, so that that would be my challenge, and uh, I'm learning too. And to visit your point, one thing uh, I actually have noticed that my daughter and son are getting closer again, and they're in the same age, you know, both teenagers, both hormonal, <laughs> both uh, uh, go to different high schools, but uh, uh, those are high-achieving high schools, so they're both similar pressures. So I think they're now talking to each other more than they were talking to each other in middle school. Like when they were children, that that's different. But uh, in high school, they're getting closer, and I, I'm kind of sort of glad with that because if nothing, they can bounce off their ideas, their troubles, their challenges with each other. All right, yep. guys, we're kind of getting to the end of the show for today's episode, so I'll uh, leave it up for uh, everybody to provide any parting thoughts. I think the main thing that I'll take away from this is to keep you know to keep talking and to stay open. And in the end, it's all about trust, right? In the end, hopefully we've done a good job of raising these kids and we can trust them to go on and, and do some great things. But uh, any other thoughts from others? Yeah, so I'm taking my son to India versus West Indies game today in uh, Lauder Hill. And that would be interesting. He liked cricket. He has seen live cricket in the past, but it's been like four or five years. So it'll be interesting how he reacts to that sport. And I think we'll definitely talk about this uh, in one of the episodes. Uh, Our children's exposed to the uh, Indian sports. So let's see. Yeah, I, I would uh, I, I would end with uh, the guardrail thought that uh, I uh, started with. That uh, if, we, if we have guardrails uh, in place, it, it sort of allows us to have a light touch. Uh, uh, during upbringing, and I think that light touch is something that that kids do appreciate. Shashi, you got anything before we close? Um, I mean, I would just say, uh, Vijay, that you know, this is a journey as much for us as it is for our children. Um, I personally, I found every day of parenting to be uh, good fun, and it's been the most enjoyable experience of my life. And I actually amaze at um, you know what our children can do, which we were not able to do. So you know, I just take a lot of happiness from that. Oh, that's a terrific note to end it. So thanks, guys. Uh, very good conversation. I learned a lot today, um, and we'll be back uh, in a week or so for another interesting conversation. But uh, thank you, everybody, and uh, talk to you soon.